Yeah, I can hear you great. Awesome. You look great. You sound great. Hey, same bud. Thank you. <clears throat> All right. All right. So, uh, hello and welcome to the third inaugural uh, episode of the Left on Red podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the one about Varg Vickerness. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the saga of Varg. Yeah. Um, as always, I'm Cam. And I am Evan. Um, and this is a show where we explore facets of history, uh, both recent and long past. Um, I think today is a good example of that. We're doing something a little more recent. Um, talking early 90s and kind of up through present day. Um, so we look at things which we find particularly interesting. Um, for us, I think you'd agree, this generally means things that sort of make us groan and, and miserable and think like, you know, um, why? <laughs> why? Why did that happen? Or why did that person happen? <laughs> or uh, it wicked rocks that that happened. Or yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, not for anybody involved, <clears throat> specifically for people like us. Yeah, looking yeah. back and go, I might be stupid, but thank God. But thank God, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite that right. Stupid. At least I'm not that stupid. Um, so a couple, like before we get started, I just want to get. I wanted to get it out there. Um, I think it's important to note that Evan and I, we're not professional historians. Uh, we both studied history in college. We're big fans, big, big fans. Um, but we're not professionals. We're not accredited experts in any of the multitudinous areas that uh, we will be discussing or that we have discussed. Um, we're just two dudes. We like talking history. And yeah. we want to invite you along. Um with that being Largely said, it's just a podcast of banter. So. Yeah, it's a banter <laughs> podcast. Um, so we're, we're, we're doing our best to do rigorous research. Uh, we want to provide accurate information, but you should absolutely not cite us in your research paper. Um, <clears throat> I also wanted to say this particular episode contains descriptions and discussions of some pretty gruesome stuff. Um, I, I think it's fair to get it out. You know, it's only episode three. We are not going to be shy about talking about pretty much anything on this show. Um, it's not a not a G-rated program, um, but I figure there, there's some particularly uh, intense things in this one, and it's stuff that you know we're maybe going to get a little cavalier with. We're talking about some real heavy metal, legendary shit, and uh, I just want to get right out of the out of the gate by saying that we don't condone or agree with basically anyone involved in the story we're about to tell. Uh, yeah, that's going to become pretty clear. We're not big fans, but uh, I think it's worth saying up front. We don't condone a lot of the actions. We don't condone. We're not. We're not. We're not supporters. Um, so you might hear us say things like, "Dude, that rocks," but like, what we mean is, how is this like real? Um, I will tell you what I do condone, though. Uh, I definitely condone following Varg Vickerness on Twitter. Yeah. And if you want a little taste about what we're going to talk about, I just want to read. We'll be reading a few a few choice ones yeah, from him, think... which, again, we do not subscribe. No. <laughs> no, dude. But if you want to know what we're about to talk about, uh, I'll, like, like, beautifully, he posts this today. <laughs> yes. We post, uh, before we did this episode where he just says, not only was I falsely convicted for, quote, murder, 
because I killed a guy who planned to torture me to death and who attacked me when I confronted him with it. But they changed the law after my conviction and illegally made the law retroactive, so I had to serve two extra years. Hashtag Fury. Hashtag Fury. And then there's a <laughs> really great photo of uh, just like a young Varg looking like kind of like not furious. I'll say that. He looks yeah. kind of ambivalent. Um, he's like always got the... his window. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's always got this shit-eating grin on his face. That's like the what I've kind of, so I've done a lot of the research for this one. Um, obviously, Evan and I are both we're both black metal fans. We're both aware of this. Um, I saw a lot of this dude's mug, and man, he is just always looking like he's like he feels like he's smarter than you. But then you listen he, to what he's saying, and you're he like, you're... always has, <laughs> he just always has this look on his face, like like there's some joke. And he's the only one who knows the punchline <laughs> right, like to he's it. He's got the secret <laughs> formula, and he's yeah, like, right. "If only everyone else could understand the depths of what I have seen." But it's like, nah, dude, it you're really just like an angry. It's just like him measuring people's skulls. Yeah, right. It's, <laughs> yeah, he's he's he's. You know what? It's funny. He's a pretty good uh, mirror image of Calvin Candy from uh, uh, Django Unchained, which is Leo's character, where he's got this like really false unearned air of sophistication but you realize like under the surface he's like just probably like your school bully and he's just like angry and is like hunting for an excuse to be a dick um <clears throat> yeah so i guess uh i guess now is as good a time as any to kind of dive in um now that you've gotten a little taste you've gotten a little preview varg himself it's funny he he tweeted today like as i was finishing up my notes for this evan sent me these tweets like right about what we're about to talk about. So, um, yeah. So today we're going to be talking about a subject that is, I think it's fair to say it's near and dear to both of our hearts, which is black metal. Um, and more specifically the wild, wild and wacky exploits of one Mr. Varg Vikernes. Um, he's probably best known as a musician. Um, and I, I think it's safe to say he's like a, like a Norwegian black metal OG. He's, he really is like we're gonna probably end up calling him a poser. I'm gonna call him a poser a lot, but he really is like an OG in this in this scene in Norway, uh, and is probably best known as the sole member of the fucking terrible band Burzum. Um, like that's like really dog shit. Yeah, they're really bad. <laughs> and it's hysterical because he yeah. played bass for Mayhem's uh, album De Mysterious Domstathanus, which is an awesome album. And his yeah. bass playing is good on it. Yeah. And There's... then, and then like, you listen to Burzum, and it's just like, God fucking damn. He's yeah. not the brains of mayhem. Yeah, I'll dive into more, like, about Burzum, but if you're listening now, right, and you're already feeling like you're lost, um, go look up the band Burzum, uh, B-U-R-Z-U-M. Um, listen to the song War. Uh, I'm, we'll give you, like, ten seconds um, to bring it up. And uh, check it out. I think you'll see what we're talking about. Let's just, we'll give them a second. All right, I think that's that's easily enough time for you to see how terrible this band is. So within you the first... enjoy your sample of person. <laughs> within the never... first two seconds, I think you've pretty much gotten it. So um, bear in mind, uh, Evan and I, we like metal. Um, we like black metal. I think that we, we get it. Um, I think people like Varg 
like would probably disagree that we get it uh, <laughs> but like who gives a shit he made bad music and um the thing about him you're gonna find he he, he kind of conned people into thinking that he was making this sort of like atmospheric darkly artistic passion project but i think he was just bad at what he did right and um was really good at convincing people that that was on purpose which fair enough i mean that's sort of what we're doing here like we've got this turd and we are gonna polish it until it's like toothpick sized and pretend that we're podcast pros but um and i I really can't stress enough that as you're listening to this if you're by a computer or if you got your phone out just scroll his twitter feed i am just laughing my ass yeah no it's it's, looking at the pictures he posted himself it's hit after hit it's 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 um a real laugh riot i think yeah it's it's (laughs) like never ending and just insane like the most racist and anti-semitic stuff you'll see oh yeah yeah with pictures of him like barefoot in camo with a stupid look on his face in front of like a broken down truck so we'll we'll get more into this but yeah i guess we haven't really said like so in addition to being like this like metal og from the early 90s like Varg Vikernes is a pretty well-established neo-Nazi and, like, white supremacist, neo-pagan. Um, yeah, he, he's he's got some interesting beliefs, and we'll get into those in a little bit. Um, what I thought maybe made sense, right, because I, I have a feeling, even people that are, like, you know, maybe, like, metalheads that are listening, not everybody's into black metal. I think black metal's pretty niche, even in, like, a, an already kind of underground uh, musical realm. Um, so I thought maybe we could spend like a minute or two just sort of like explaining what it is. Right. Um, so, I mean, short and simple metal guys love their subgenres. I say guys, cause like, I wish it wasn't true, but like 90% of the scene is like angry late teens, early twenties dudes. Um, Metal guys love to be super nitpicky about this stuff, so it's, like, worth saying. We're not going to give, like, the comprehensive full story of Varg and Burzum and black metal, and we're probably going to get a bunch of shit wrong, and, like, we don't fucking care. Like, I don't... I have no interest... yourself, dude. I'm going to get it all right. (laughs) Fair enough, but I have no interest in hearing from, like, any, like, (laughs) greasy scrub about, like, actually, it was mayhem that, like, I don't care. I'm not interested. Um... So we're going to paint some broad strokes. Um, but so what the thing about black metal for me, and, and maybe you disagree, black metal for me is like what I would consider to be one of the core genres of heavy metal music, right? And I don't mean like suffix core, like, like death core, but I mean like if there's a tree that is heavy metal and that central trunk is just all metal, black metal is one of the big branches coming right off of it, right? And there's intermingling of those branches and genres cross and everybody knows metalheads love their genres there's a trillion genres of metal they're not all copacetic with one another not everybody who likes black metal likes death metal vice versa whatever but black metal is one of those big main branches and it's got all these little subgenres, whatever but like yeah and uh you know it it really comes out of um it you have like what's called the first wave of black metal which is more stuff in like the early 80s right which sounds more akin to like the new wave of british heavy metal sure. and also like early thrash metal and you have stuff like venom which actually i believe they had an album black metal yeah and, that's where uh, it comes from is, is the exactly venom album. and these are very different sounding styles so you have that early black metal which is much uh more akin to like nerdy like dad metal right and then you had the stuff that came out in the late 80s and the 90s which is just like 
murderous. Right. And so I think the important distinction there is exactly like, so you've got like bands like Venom, like Merciful Fate, who rule Bathory, Celtic Frost. And it's what ends up happening in music in general. Maybe this happens in other phenomena, right? But you have the bands that sort of define the, 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 the proto sound. And in retrospect, we kind of lump those bands in, right? Like, so people now like would call like Sabbath and Led Zeppelin, like heavy metal bands, but I don't think they were calling themselves that at the time, right? They, and then the bands that were influenced by them sort of took that on and those bands get grandfathered in. So these bands like Venom and Merciful Fate weren't necessarily calling themselves maybe even metal bands, right? Like they, they were probably just thinking of themselves as like hard rock bands. Um, but by the time the early 90s roll around, definitely like the late 80s, but by like 1991, you've got this very specific scene in Norway, which ends up being the genesis for what we now think of as black metal, right? So they took a lot of the influence from like Venom and uh, Merciful Fate, Bathory, um, and combined that with some of the like new like speed metal and death metal that was coming out of, you know, like mostly the US, but you know, like Europe too, like with Creator and shit like that. Um, and they ended up with, like you said, this like murderous, fast, super intense style of, of metal music. That's, I mean, the hallmarks for me are like tremolo picked chords on the, like a super distorted guitar, but like not cool distort, like, like bad distortion. Like super low, super lo-fi. Yeah, right. Like, like very, very lo-fi. Um, like you said, yeah, tremolo picking, a lot of blast beats. Right, um, but again, not a very, like... A very eight-track sound to it. Super, you know, like, yeah. Like very basement recording. It's a very DIY scene. It's like, it's very much like, like punk rock in that sense, in that like the early black metal scene, like these were dudes that were just like recording their own shit on eight tracks, printing their own records, selling them out of their own record stores. They all like had their own independent labels and things like that. It was very DIY, very insular. They weren't really interested in like becoming famous. They didn't care if nobody listened to their music. They, they kind of had this idea of like keeping it in the family. Right. So like, yeah. And, and to that, even, you know, there's one of the big, like OG, like black metal bands is dark throne. Yeah. And their first album was just like old school death metal. Right. Soul Side Journey. Right. And they basically got convinced since they were Norwegian, they got convinced that, you know, you know, death metal is like the American style. It's that stupid American style. Right. Even like the drummer of Dark Throne, who would end up being called Fenris in their first album, their death metal one, he went by the name Hank Amarillo because it was like a, <laughs> a tough sounding American name. I totally forgot about Hank Amarillo. So Fenris is, is I don't know if we're going to talk too much about Fenris today, but Fenris rocks and uh, Dark Throne hey, rocks. Hey, it's Fenris. Are you having an excellent Friday? <laughs> um,. So yeah, that's that's a good point. So a lot of these guys were in like other genres. So Varg, who we're going to end up talking mostly about, played in a band called like I think Old Father or something like that, and they were like a Swedish-inspired death metal band. So death metal, and this is another thing that's worth noting: death metal really caught on in Sweden. Black metal's really Norway, right? So like we think of the two Scandinavian countries as kind of linked, but at least in the metal world, there is like a very distinct regional difference. And you get Norwegian death metal bands, you had Swedish black metal bands. But black metal is a very distinctly Norwegian music. Denmark, they're just like not even on the map. Finland rocks. Like Finland is like the power metal capital of the world. Power like folk. Yeah, like and folk even, metal. And even the non-Finnish like folk metal bands don't yeah. like do their lyrics in Finnish. Like Fintroll. Oh, dude, they do them in Swedish. So Fintroll is Swedish. I they were... they, oh. is Finnish, and they do their lyrics in Swedish. Oh. That's Never what mind, it is. I got that wrong. Because Swedish sounds more trolly. That's what they yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, trollish. Yeah. 
Um, anyway, we digress. So we've got this early 90s scene in Norway, which is like, these are the guys that are calling themselves black metal. They're looking like what, you know, when I think of black metal. So these are guys that are wearing corpse paint, which is like, it's like scary kiss makeup. And they would fucking hate it if I said that, but that's like what it is. So <laughs> and if you pretend that it's not that, like, so they say that uh, King Diamond from Merciful Fate, like invented that, but really who invented that was Dead from Mayhem. Um, he made, you know, it's, it just, he wanted to look like a corpse. He wanted to look like a ghoul. Um, and all the guys in the bands weren't doing it yet, but you had like a couple weirdos who were like, no, I need to be scary. And then they have these like, patent leather like homemade suits of armor with like lots of spikes and studs and everybody's dying their hair black and uh standing out in the woods taking pictures on like shitty old cameras with improvised weaponry it's 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 very here's the thing you see it and you have to think that it's tongue-in-cheek it absolutely was not like these guys a hundred percent were about this life yeah and I mean, uh, like for instance the the, uh, the death metal band that i was in Many years ago, one time we did a Halloween show where we all put on corpse paint and we dressed like we were in a black metal band. You know, and like why are we you were doing that? As, what you just said the death metal band you were in, bro? I was in that this band before, with you. This was before you were in it, though. Oh, so okay. yes, we were both in the band, but before Cam was in it, yeah. Okay. And we did that show where, oh, <laughs> uh, you know, we were wearing like skinny black jeans with these like white shirts that we had ripped up and like doused in fake blood and we were wearing corpse paint and it was for our halloween show and we're all having fun like we're just a bunch of like goofy idiots sure. playing the music they fucking did that shit for real yeah, and not and... only did they do it for real dead used to like bury his clothing in the woods to get it to smell like earthy and like death and yeah. he would also store dead birds in yeah. various bags and jars and open them and huff them on stage yeah so yeah like and... i showered before that show <laughs> <laughs> yeah dead is crazy so we'll get back to dead in a minute but yeah he he was the singer for mayhem who are like the main players in the scene and uh yeah he he compulsively hoarded dead birds and would bury his clothes with the birds so that he smelled like death. Um, he was about it. He was, like these guys really were into this stuff. Um, so again, so I guess let's backtrack a little bit. So we've mentioned Mayhem, we've mentioned Dark Throne. Those are two of the big first wave black metal bands. Burzum, which is really just Varg Vikernes, but it's a band. Uh, Thorns was one of the other big ones. They haven't really stuck around, but Thorns was like OG. And then Emperor. I'm a big Emperor guy. Uh, of the of the first wave black metal bands, I've always found that Emperor is like by far the raddest. But that's like not everybody agrees. I feel like Mayhem it's is the easy choice and maybe the correct choice. People love Mayhem, Dark Throne. Evan likes Dark Throne. I don't think it's cool to like Burzum though, um, and you'll find out why. Um, so all the guys in in these bands or various guys from these bands would congregate at uh, I think it's so. I don't speak Norwegian. I'm going to do my best. I think it's Helvet, which is Norwegian for hell. Um, so this is a record store owned by Oistin Arset, also known as Euronymous, right? So Euronymous is the front. Well, he's not the front man because Dead is the singer, but he's the band leader and the guitarist for Mayhem. Um, and he's sort of like the ringleader of this, this Norwegian black metal scene. And his record store is like the nucleus around which the sort of orbit of this growing scene revolves um and it's very clear now like a lot of these guys because a lot of these guys are still around they're still out there doing 
their thing and these bands in some capacity still exist whatever um black metal is now despite their best efforts it has kind of taken off it's a it's a global scene um people kind of disagree like to the degree at which Euronymous was the ringleader or was in charge or was calling the shots but suffice it to say he was a big deal and Helvet was big. They had a little record label. He he re- recorded a lot of these records. He sent out the first Burzum records. He you know produced his own Mayhem albums and all that stuff. Um, and he would call this sort of inner circle of dudes that hung out at Helvet. He would call them the Black Circle. Um, and supposedly, he likes to view this as this sort of cult of you know radical militant anti satan. I'm sorry, anti Christian satanic almost activists or, or whatever you want to call them. Um, and again, there's like a lot of disagreement about how serious he was about that. Like some of these guys now have come out and said like, oh man, like he just wanted to seem evil so that his record store got business and he could sell records. Other people are like, nah, dude, he was the most like bona fide Satanist you've ever met in your life. With a lot of this stuff, I feel like the truth is probably somewhere in the middle, but he was into some creepy shit. And, um, whether it was an intention to gather mystique or notoriety, it worked. He, he was getting some traction and, um, you know, maybe mainstream approval wasn't, wasn't happening, but metal fans were becoming aware of this stuff. Um, yeah. Um, so, I mean, you'll, you'll see with a lot of the things that we're talking about, there's a divide. Nobody really agrees. A lot of this stuff is, is based in conjecture. Um, it was but, a lot of divas. There are a lot. The, everybody in the scene is like, <laughs> it's like entirely popular. The whole thing. Divas. It feels except like, for, for, <laughs> except for a few of them that you could tell they were kind of just like playing in bands. And when right. some of the shit went down that we're going to talk about soon went down, they were just like, Ugh. right. What is and wrong with you guys? I think it's it's fair to say a lot of the guys that are still out there and still putting out cool music are the guys who looked at the coming events and were like, ah, right. Like I don't want anything to do with that. So like. Ishan from Emperor is still putting out rad music and has like pretty much disavowed the nineties. Like he's just not into it. Attila is still doing awesome shit. Yeah. He, he ended up rejoining mayhem after leaving. He also does shit with, um, uh, son. Yeah. Yeah. He'll do like a lot of live vocals. Um, dressed as a tree. (laughs) Dude. I didn't mention immortal, uh, immortal rocks. Yeah. Immortal. They're not still. So Immortal's still a thing. And, uh, what's his name from immortal? Um, a bath. Avath, yes. Avath is my favorite guy in black metal, and we're not going to talk about him today because, like, he's too awesome for this story. Avath is just like. What did you say? There was Seder Icon, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, I thought it was Satyricon. Uh, Whatever it is. I'm not sure. I I, I think it's like 50%. People say it one, 50% the other. Got it. Well, at least 50% of people in this chat say it one way and 50% say it the other. And, so. and we might both be wrong. We might both be wrong. <laughs> They're actually called uh, the Smiths. Um, yeah, that was that's Morrissey's band. Um, so anyway, so um, the, the cycle of, I guess, so what we're focusing on today is sort of the, not so much the rise or the, the rebirth, but sort of the spiraling out of control and, and, potential death of 
OG black metal, which really sort of starts in 91, right? So we've talked about there's Helvet to the record store. There's this group of guys who are like looking for this fast sort of brutal music that isn't American. That's their own kind of scene. It's DIY. They're doing their own thing. There's this element of like, we're satanic. We're anti-Christian. We're all about like Norwegian pride and heritage. Not everybody in it was white supremacist or, or Eurocentric, but some of these guys were really drifting in that like heavy right wing direction. Euronymous notably was apparently a communist. Um, and Varg is it's like not not. He was a, a national socialist. He was a Nazi. So there was room for for there to be some arguments there. But so we've talked about Dead a little bit. Dead, whose real name was Per Ingve Olen, who was the, again I don't these names are all going to be wrong, but um, he was the vocalist in Mayhem. Right, and he was, a, he was he was a depressed guy. Yeah, um, of all these, cat. he was a strange cat. He was having a hard time with with being alive. And of all the guys in this early scene, and you'll see what I mean in a second. He, it's hard not to say that he like he walked the walk. Like he was actually obsessed with death. Um, was a really intense guy. Was having a really hard time. And prior to prior to nineteen ninety one, had started like. In addition to like huffing dead birds on stage and just doing totally outlandish, really intense stuff, had started like cutting himself on stage. He would be at parties with friends and he would like pull out a knife and stab himself and like be like, "Isn't that funny?" And everyone would be like, "No, man, like, get, okay, like, are you right? fucked, but... <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of messed up, pal." So he would lock himself in his room for days, whatever. In 1991, um, the exact date is. Is is a point of conjecture, um, but he he killed himself um, in his house with uh, he slit his own throat, he cut his own wrists, and then he he shot himself in the head with a shotgun. Um, and a couple days later, triple tap. Y- yeah, I mean, let's try. I'm gonna try not to joke too much about it because, like I said, he he did have some serious mental disorders, and and suicide in and of itself isn't funny. Um, it's easy. I mean, we get pretty cavalier in this scene specifically talking about shit like this because this is like such a legendary story. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a dark scenario. He, he, he didn't want to be here anymore. And so he, he killed himself. And, um, what gets crazy and what we can absolutely poke a little fun at, I guess, is, um, Euronymous, owner of Helvet and guitarist of Mayhem, comes by his house a couple days later, a day later, whatever, um, looking for him, hasn't been able to get him on the phone, and has to crawl in through a side window to get in the house and check on his friend. And he finds him, you know, in the corner. Um, and so, like any good friend would idea. do, yeah, like any friend would do in this situation, he immediately goes to the corner store and gets himself a disposable camera and comes back to the house and takes a bunch of photos and rearranges the body and and takes pieces of his skull and there's it's been said that he ate pieces of his brain that i think was later said to be false but he definitely took pieces of his skull uh, and he made necklaces out of them and gave them out to like guys that he thought were worthy in the scene of like such an honor um yeah, so he ended I, up taking I believe specifically he sent one to the drummer hellhammer yeah hellhammer and that he was one has. of the ones where hellhammer was like what the fuck yeah, he still has it, though, apparently. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, so there's apparently these like skull necklaces in circulation out there in the world. But so he finds it, and then he calls the cops and whatever they 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 come and um, yeah. So it's it's he 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 whether or not he was serious about the satanic stuff, right? Whether or not uh, Euronymous was actually this super dark guy he did do this like he he picked up pieces of his skull and took these photos and we know he did this uh because this photo later went on to be used as uh or one of these photos was used as the cover of the live mayhem bootleg dawn of the black hearts um so we're not we're not gonna be sharing that but um you it's on wikipedia like you can look up mayhem dawn of the black hearts you'll see there's a photo of of dead dead he killed himself and um Euronymous really did photograph it. And you're going to see the start of a trend here where, like, the authorities in Norway, upon hearing this, don't do anything. Like, they're not bothered by the photography of the corpse. There's no repercussions. Nobody gets in trouble for, like, waiting to call them. There's no investigation. They're just like, all right, well, these kids, they're, they're a little weird out here in the woods. A little strange. Um, I don't quite like them anyway, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that happened. That sort of background. It's 91. Enter Varg, who we've been talking about. He's sort of going to end up being the focus of the rest of our episode. Uh, Varg Vikernes, um, who in 1991, he had been writing as Burzum. You know, he was now he was established as a part of this sort of black circle of, of guys who were hanging out at Helvet. Um, and in also 19... went by the stage name Count Grishnacht. Yes, yeah. Grishnacht, yeah. Yeah. Um, so he'd been writing music as Burzum and had just been hired by Euronymous to be the new bass player in Mayhem. So after Dead died, they kind of, a couple guys left, they had to put the new band together, and they, I forget who else joined, and I didn't write it down, because I was Attila so... Attila on vocals. Oh yeah, Attila Sihar from uh, from Hungary became the new vocalist. He's still their vocalist, as Evan said. Um, so yeah, Varg, for a bit, and I rejoined, I believe. Yeah, yeah, there's, it's all a revolving door. These guys are in and out. Um... His real name, Varg Vikernes, his real name is Christian Vikernes, which obviously doesn't work because he became a radical anti-Christian, so he had to choose a super Viking-sounding name, so he's a Varg. Hashtag um, paganism now. Exactly. He's fond of. <laughs> yeah, that's one of his big hashtags, paganism now. Um, his stage name was Count Grishnak, which is one of many Lord of the Rings references. Burzum is also a Lord of the Ring reference. Um, Grishnak is one of the... I think he's one of the orcs that... Um, kidnaps Frodo and Sam, like, when they're trying to sneak into Mordor. Burzum means darkness in the black speech, so, like, when you're reading the One Ring and it's, like, uh, one ring to rule them all and in the darkness behind them, that part is something Burzum. Um, and he was also, little known fact, prior to being an old father, he was in a band called Uruk Hai. So he's a Lord of the Rings fan, um, which There's sucks. There's a lot cause... of Lord of the Rings references. Yeah. And, uh, 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 Dark Throne. Is also from the Black Speech of Mordor. Yeah, Dark Throne. Uh, for the Dark Lord on his Dark Throne. And uh, Amon and Marth. They're not black metal, but that's... Yeah. There's yeah, a lot also, of them. Uh, 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 Kirith Ungol yep. is another Minas, band. Minas Tirith is a band. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there, was a, <laughs> there was a power metal band called Shadow Facts. Yeah. Shadow Facts. And also there's a, a power metal band called Celador, which is supposed to be Cellador, which is... Uh, that was um, J.R. Tolkien who said that that was the most beautiful phrase in the English language. Oh my goodness! I, I guess I never knew that about the yeah. Tolkien part. I remember that band because I remember the uh, the guy in that band was named Bill Hudson, 
but I think he was, I think he wasn't, so his name is Bill Hudson, which sounds like a really like Anglophone name, but he had this like weird accent. And I remember him being on one of my Guitar World instructional DVDs. He was like, hey, what's up? This is Bill Hudson from Celador. Uh, I bet you can't play this. And he had like painted, painted neon nails and he had an Ibanez. And like, that's, that was the look, right? He was like, it was like the Dragon Force era of like, Everyone was getting back into shred, and he was like, "Hey, what's up? It's Bill Hudson from Celador, and I bet you can't play this." And it's like, "Your is your name Bill Hudson?" Anyway, um, so Hank Amarillo, dude. Yeah, that's exactly Hank Amarillo. Hey, what's up? It is Hank Amarillo from Texas, and I'm here to play American style death metal. Um, so, uh, so he was in Burzum, and. He's now uh, he's now in Mayhem, and they start recording the album that would go on to be De Mysterious Dom Satanas, which is a classic, and I know Evan likes it. I'm not as big into it, but I know I like it. Uh, Varg is a man of many names, so his real name is Christian Vikernes. He goes by Varg Vikernes. He's known as Count Grishnak. His legal name now is Louis Cachet, because um, he lives in France now. Spoiler alert, like he lives in France now. Um, and doesn't want to be bothered, but he still goes by Varg Vikernes. So that's what we're going to call him. His name is Varg Vikernes. He goes by Varg Vikernes. On Twitter, he's Varg Vikernes. Tulian perspective. He's got all these fucking well, names. Well, on Twitter, he's Gandalf the Y19. Oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Gandalf the White, because he's a <laughs> fucking oh, racist. Oh, he, he doesn't get the T-E, it's just Gandalf the Y19. Yeah, but I, want, I wonder what the 19 is. I bet it's like some... It's got to be something. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised it's not 1488 or something. There's there's probably, like, 19 letters in, like, some neo-Nazi phrase. Like, it's always shit like that. They're like, no, what we'll do is instead of saying, like, Heil Hitler or whatever, we'll just put the number of syllables in that word, and that's our new code sign. Like, yeah. they always try to be sneaky, but they're just dummies. They're um, too stupid <laughs> to be sneaky. So Varg claims this. I thought this was really interesting. So Varg claims that both of his parents were white supremacists, right? Um, and apparently he got an early, uh, quote-unquote, education in this white supremacist thought process while he was attending an Iraqi primary school in Baghdad as a child. Uh, apparently they were in Baghdad while his dad, whose name I couldn't find anywhere, uh, was working on some computer program for Saddam Hussein. Uh, so he got hired. And who knows, right? I don't believe a word out of this dude's mouth. Like, this could not be true. But he claims he was going to primary school in Baghdad. And the teachers would all, like, beat the shit out of the kids, except they wouldn't hit him. And in his mind, it was like, oh, it's because I'm white. I'm better. And like, Yeah, no, I mean, he probably just grew up in the closet that he was stuffed in by his stepdad or something. Right. I mean, so his dad, his dad, he said he would, like, fly swastikas around the house. And his mom was, like, obsessed with, like, making sure he didn't come home with a black girl. Which, I mean, I don't know, like, I don't want to make any assumptions, but it's, like, early 80s in Norway. I can't imagine that was, like that much of a risk right it had to be pretty easy being racist in early 80s norway because like 95 percent of the people are norwegian right and of the five percent that aren't they're probably swedish or danish so or finnish anyway yeah exactly right so i, I don't know and he's gone on the record like he's he's very selective and like who he's decided are not good enough like he he the reason that he ended up distancing himself from national socialism is because he likes slavic people he's like well i don't want to go on the record as being anti-slav He's, like, really into, like, Eastern Europeans, but he's not into, like, Baltic and, like, Southern European. If your skin's dark, basically, he doesn't like you. Oh, he doesn't even consider Southern Europeans white. Yeah, he doesn't. He just went off on this whole thing about how, like, Mediterraneans are, like, swarthy and... 
yes, worthy yeah. Southern uh, Southern Europeans yeah. have, uh, again, his words, Afro-Semitic features. Oh, gotta love it. He is such a such a champ. Um, so he's been accused of being like a Nazi skinhead. He's always kind of denied it, but then he'll like go on and like just do like the most blatantly Nazi shit. So yeah, he also is like very like. He's very staunchly, like, anti-capitalism, but then he's, like, anti-communist, too, and right. anti-everything. It really just seems like he's more of, like, an anarcho-primitivist Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. <laughs> he, I think he wants to return to, like, primitive, what he would call, like, traditional European society. And he would say he's not racist, he just doesn't think people should mix. So he thinks that people should go back to where they're from. Yeah, everyone. He, he is uh, for homogeneous communities. Right. He thinks everyone should go back to where they come from, and that that's what they're suited for, and they don't belong in each other's space, and whatever. Which is hysterical, because if there's any uh, uh, history of Europe, it's uh, huge groups of people migrating all over the fucking place. Yeah. The, the <laughs> like, idea the of, European like... Thing on Earth. Exactly. And the idea of, like, having an ancestral homeland... It, you can't go back too far without realizing that like people were moving all over the place. Um, so it's total, it's total bullshit. But, um, so whether or not he was like a Nazi, he's definitely, he was anti-Christian and that's, he's admitted to that. He's anti-Christian. He is pro proto paganism. He believes in like proto Germanic religion, um, views Christianity as this like sort of foreign Semitic religion that was foisted upon his pure, beautiful Norse people. Um, and he, he, he really doesn't like being conflated with Satanism because he thinks the idea of Satan is also a Semitic idea and is has no place in his ideology. So something that really pisses him off is if you call him a Satanist or you accuse him of burning churches for Satan because he doesn't buy into the Satan thing. He's really not a fan. Um, he's also uh, started to become vocally critical of Euronymous and, in, and now talks about Euronymous like he was totally full of shit. So Varg, it seems pretty clear that Varg started around 92, around the time he joined Mayhem, started sort of making a play for being like the big swinging dick in the black metal scene. He really didn't like the satanic stuff. He thought it was pageantry. He really wanted to do things. He wanted to start taking action. He didn't believe that you know, Euronymous and these other guys were, like, really in it for what they said they were in it for. And he thought it was all just an attention-grabbing ploy. And he um, believed in direct action. He sure did, which leads us to our <laughs> next thing here. So Norway, obviously, right, everybody thinks of, of Scandinavia as being a Viking, but Nor Norway and the rest of Scandinavia have been predominantly Christian since, like, the 1100s, um, if not a little earlier. And so there, there's a lot of really, really old, really, really beautiful, really historic wooden churches uh, throughout Scandinavia. And a lot of these are in Norway. Um, and, I mean, say what you will about religion, but, like, these buildings are pretty magnificent. They've been there for a really long time. And it, to me, it seems like a pretty easy sell to, like, let's just, you know, let's keep them around. Um, yeah, they look pretty fucking cool, They man. look great. They're sweet. Like, there's yeah. a sweet... Look them up. Look up Norwegian stave churches. They're beautiful and wild and so in 1992 people start burning them down and between 92 and 96 uh like 50 churches get burned down some of these are centuries old um and just like about, they were literally used to convert yeah these, uh, like norse pagans right these were like front or line. oftentimes or some of them were even reconverted pagan temples 
like those uh like the ones that are like black and like very like sort of ominous looking yeah these were if not repurposed at least they yeah. were like from right in that you know some of these go back to like 1150 which like i said like in 1150 not everyone in norway was believing in jesus there were still a lot of people believing in in the asatru god so there are these really targeted attacks and and now with the benefit of hindsight we know that of the arsons in this 50 church string of, of, of burnings that were solved, uh, pretty much all of them can be linked to the black metal scene. If not members, then fans. It became sort of a, a, a pandemic of, of this sort of specific targeted uh, violence against what is viewed as like this invasive foreign religious icon. Uh, Varg himself was later found personally responsible for four of these. Uh, but was probably responsible for more. Um, he never admitted to it, but he loves, like, slyly intimate. He's one of these guys that, like, even if he didn't do it, he'll leave it open to interpretation if you think he did, because, like, that infamy tastes so sweet. And he just, like, loves being, like, the scariest dude around. Yeah, he's a slut. We gotta, we gotta describe <laughs> Varg Vickerness. He's, like, a five foot eight, like, 130-pound, super pale, scrawny Norwegian dude. And he's yeah. just got the biggest heart on for being Thor. Like, all he wants is to be, like, a Viking warrior. And he, and so he starts burning churches. Um, he ends up using one of the most famous of these churches that gets burned down. It's called the Fantoft Stave Church. And, like, if you're thinking of these churches, like, Evan, that's probably the one you have in mind. The Fantoft Stave Church was built yes. in 1150. So it's old, right? It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, like, almost 900 years old. And he burns it down, and then he takes a picture of it. And if you look up his his EP as Burzum called Aske, which means ashes. So he's got this EP called Ashes and this burnt-out photo of this 900-year-old church. And uh, he's cheeky. That's the sort of thing that he thinks is funny. You know, he's like, he won't admit that he did it, but he's like, yeah, ask yourself how I got this great photo, like, right after it was burned. I wasn't there. Somebody gave it to me, maybe. I don't know. He's like one of these guys. It was a fun. <laughs> um, to be fair, he's actually never been... This particular church, they're, like, positive he did it. He's never been found guilty of doing it. So we're not going to, like, claim that he did it. But he he does somehow have all this inside information. He claims that it was burnt down uh, actually to um, commemorate the anniversary of the Viking raid on Lindisfarne, which happened in 793? 793, which is, like, what they say kicked off the Viking Age. So a bunch of Norwegian Vikings show up in Lindisfarne in Northumbria and these guys have never seen Vikings before. And they were just like, whoa, you guys have got a lot of unprotected gold here. Like this could be the start of a beautiful relationship. And the Vikings then proceed for this could really work. Yeah. For the next like 250 years, the Vikings are just like, cool. Like mine. <laughs> we'll take that. Hello friend. We're back. Yes. But now it's okay. So <laughs> excellent. <the gold>. Excellent. <laughs> Well, if you didn't want us to take Glad your to things... to see you are still healthy, you're looking good, you're recovered from last time, okay, well... Still with the bald on the top of the head, this is interesting, yeah, because remember, last time I said to you, I said, <laughs> it's weird about no hair, and you still... Do you remember been... that? Yes. It took me years to go home and come back, and I see still no hair, it's very interesting that you do that. Anyhow, yes, I should be going, uh, if you could give me all of the gold and the jewels. Um... 
So yeah, he said it was a commemoration for that. I don't know how he knows that if he wasn't there, but he said he wasn't there, but he knows he's got inside information. One thing about Varg, yes, Varg, I get a lot of fan mail. You know, they send me these pictures. You know, it's quite uh, conspicuous. He, uh... I thought this one was cute. I like it. <laughs> he, um, yeah. So he's got all this like inside information. He, he but he wasn't there. And um... anyway, I don't know. He's uh... <laughs> so in it's 1993 now. Um, he hasn't been caught. Like these church burnings are going on. No one's been arrested for them yet, or if they have, like, he hasn't been caught. But so he's been doing this for, like, a year and a half. He's been burning these churches, taking shit more and more seriously. He's getting really pissed off at uh, at Euronymous. They're starting to kind of be at each other's throats a little bit. And, you know, multiple people have said that it was for different reasons. But um, Varg claims that there was, like, a contract dispute. Um, Varg hadn't signed something, but he didn't want to sign because he was owed royalties for Burzum records and Euronymous wouldn't pay him, but Euronymous wouldn't pay him until he signed the thing. And they're both just being like, well, I'm going to do this and you do this. And somehow in this whole process, according to Varg, Varg claims that he heard through the grapevine, which I think is hilarious, but he just heard talk around town. As if this fucking dude has friends. Right. But he heard through the, through the scene that Euronymous was planning to kill him. And he, he heard that he wanted to uh, tie him down. He wanted to hit him with an electroshock weapon, like a, like a taser, tie him up, put a camera on him, and torture him to death. Right? So Varg, potentially being a little paranoid here, again, we're not psychologists, folks. I can't diagnose the man. But it seems like a paranoid thing to say. He thinks he's going to be tied down, tortured to death, and uh, he's like, well, I got, I got a preemptive strike him. And so this is Varg's story. He says that he's found out that Euronymous wants to kill him. So his, his solution to this is to get their buddy Blackthorn, Snorri Blackthorn Roosh, who's like another guy in the scene who has since said that he was like super mentally ill at the time and like having a, you know, essentially like a break with reality and didn't really know what was going on. Uh, Varg gets him to drive them to Euronymous's house in Oslo, and he lives in like this fourth floor apartment. So he, his plan is he's going to walk up to the door with the, the contract. And he's going to knock on the door. He's going to hand him the contract, and he's going to say, "Hey, fuck off." That's what he says his plan is. He's going to show up, hand him the contract, and say, "Fuck off." And so he gets there with a second. With a second. What do you mean? <laughs> Like he has like a like basically like a bodyguard with him. Oh yeah, he's got a dude with him. He's so just he gets to say, there and fuck you. Right, just to say you're a jerk. So they get there, Blackthorn stays downstairs smoking cigarettes, and Var goes upstairs and he knocks on the door. And according to him, the door gets opened, Euronymous sees him, panics at the sight of him, because he's this scary Viking man. Euronymous kicks him in the chest. Runs back into his kitchen, grabs a knife, and it comes back to try to kill Varg. Varg enters the apartment. They wrestle. Varg gets control of the knife, and he stabs Euronymous. He stabs him. He says he stabs him a couple times in the chest, and then he stabs him once in the head so hard that the knife sticks in his skull. Right? He's got the strength of many men. And, and then he says that Euronymous falls down onto a bunch of glass that had been broken. Um, which would explain, so the, you know, he leaves... He gets driven back by, he tells Snorri, Blackthorn, Roosh what happened. And they're like, all right, we got to get out of here. So he leaves. The cops come. They find the body. It's like outside in the hallway of the apartment. 
And it's been stabbed 23 times, including 16 of which are in the back, right? And there's no corroborating evidence to support, like, the Herculean powerful blow to the head, or there's no glass in his back. Like, so Varg, what looks like what happened... stab wounds. It's not like you fell onto broken glass. It's you had a butcher's knife jammed into your back. It looks like what happened is there was some sort of ambush situation, and he stabbed them a bunch in the back and, like, flipped them over and gave them a couple in the front and then ran away. So not like some heroic fight, but he claims it was self-defense, even though he like showed up looking for a fight. He still claims this to this day. As Evan said, he read at the top of the hour, he tweeted about this like six hours ago. He tweets about it constantly yeah. still. He's out of prison. Yeah, It's right. over and done with. <laughs> and so, he still can't stop trying to convince people. So that's the thing, right? So there are lots of talk. There's lots of talk about like why he did it. One of the other big ones is that... um. Faust, the drummer from Emperor, uh, who was also like a complete nutcase, um, had stabbed some dude like earlier in the year. And they think that like maybe Varg was like jealous of all the attention he was getting for stabbing a guy. So he was like, I'll stab a guy. I'll stab a guy 23 times and it'll be the fucking most popular guy in the scene. I'll do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So like a lot of people think it was that. So like we said, divas, but like not the cool kinds of divas. These are like stabby divas. These yeah, are... these are the types of divas that <laughs> kill their ostensibly their friends, they're, but they're... at the very least, they're they're band members. Yeah, and the guy who like gave you a career, right? Like, yeah, he's like, like sure, your... you can be in my band. He's your sensei. Yeah, <laughs> bow to your sensei. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm just gonna do a brief intermission here because yeah. I came across an amazing tweet, two tweets, and dude, it's like if you really like want to know what the fuck is going on in this dude's head. Uh, this is from January 16th. Uh, this is accompanied by a very strange old picture of a man looking very worried with his armpit out. Uh, looks like some kind of like medieval painting. <laughs> it says, so you worry about the future of our subspecies? Well, one thing you should worry more about in this context is the use of perfume and deodorant that disrupts our ability to identify a good match based on their natural scent. Yeah, shower less, ladies, parentheses, and gentlemen then a winky face, and then he replies to his own tweet, the general rule, if a person smells good naturally, even when sweaty, it's a good match for you, and you will produce strong and healthy children together. Fucking great. Dude, the thing about this guy, and, and, and I have a couple little details later, but he's like he's like a shitty polymath. Like, he's got his little fingers in just about everything. Like, he does everything. He just does, like, a bad job at all of it. So, like, he's a musician. Yeah, he, he's, he makes bad music. He he's written, like, science. ten books. He's got three or four websites. He's prolific on Twitter. Dude, he designed his own... Uh, he designed his own um, tabletop role-playing game. Which, I, this is actually supposed to be later in the story, but I, I gotta scroll down. I gotta find this for you, because I forget what it's called. Um I don't know. I don't remember. Oh, yeah. So it's called My Farog. M-A-F-A-R-O-G. Which literally just stands for Mythical Fantasy Role-Playing Game. And then he put out, like, a Burzum album accompanying it as, like, an ambient soundtrack. Yes, you're supposed to play the album once you play the game. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah, no, That's that's literally it. Um, okay, so back to the back to the quote-unquote present, right? So 
The body is found, covered in 23 stab wounds. Police are alerted, and nine days later, Varg gets arrested, right? So they know it's him. They, they get to his house. They find 150 kilograms of stolen explosives, which are illegal to own in Norway, even if they're not stolen. And 3,000 rounds of ammunition, which, you know, growing up in America, you know, we know there's gun people around. There's not, like, the same type of gun culture there. So when the cops roll in and they find explosives and 3,000 rounds of ammunition, it's, like, pretty shocking and it makes the news. And so he claims that he'd, he'd murdered he'd murdered Euronymous in self-defense. Um, that's obviously not flying. He ends up getting charged. Um he gets arrested and then a bunch of other guys start getting arrested in the scene, like a couple other people for the church burnings and they all start squealing on each other and they point the finger at Varg, which is how he gets tied to at least three or four of the church burnings. People point the finger at him for, you know, having it out for Euronymous and that's why he killed him. Um, and say what you will about the guy, but through this entire thing, Varg actually, he, he sticks to his guns. He doesn't say a fucking word. Like he keeps his mouth shut. He doesn't, blame anybody he doesn't take blame for anything the only thing he cops to is the 150 kilograms of explosives and the ammo um which he claims he was stockpiling in case norway was ever attacked so that he could he could defend the motherland um but he was he was accused by other people you know during this string of arrests um apparently he was plotting to blow up there was this like anarcho leftist uh punk squat house in oslo called the blitz house and there was like a big picture of like a swastika getting shattered by like a big fist and apparently he wanted to blow that up and um because you know he was a nazi and he didn't like communists or punk he thought punk was for posers so um the whole thing was offensive to him so uh also the guy who drove in there gets eight years um just for being an accessory to murder varg gets found guilty of murder and he tries to argue that it was what voluntary manslaughter because he was defending himself yeah. preemptively by showing up to i don't know he, but, uh, <laughs> he was going to be tortured by the guy so yeah. naturally so he drove he, to his house and and killed him and killed him first um so he gets found for that for four counts of church arson which everything i've read they call it church arson which like I, I didn't realize that would be like a specific charge you'd think it would just be arson but well was, after 50 cases yeah i think at that point you're, you're <laughs> ready though <laughs> they might have <laughs> they might have decided that it was time for a new a new crime to be added to the books um, they, leave, they leave municipalities and, and homesteads alone they just don't like the churches i should have i should have looked into that but um, so he gets found guilty for that and for the stolen explosives. And he only cops to the stolen explosives. Um, the thing is, in Norway, so we've talked a lot about what Varg is up to now, right? Varg is, is a known murderer uh, who, like, definitely killed a guy. And he admits that he killed the guy. That's never been in question. What's and, and in question is be, his motive. Let's also be perfectly clear. He is unrepentant about any of his oh, crimes. Oh, yeah, no. At no point does he ever apologize for any of it. He admits to he killing a guy. He justifies all of it, yes. as a matter of fact. And if you asked him, he'd probably tell you that he'd fucking do it again if he had the yeah. chance. Well, right. You talk about in the tweet today. He's like, I, so what? People think I'm a murderer for killing a guy that was going to kill me first? Like, he, that's how he talks about it, killing a guy. He says, yeah. I killed a guy. Yeah. You know? It's, yeah, it's, he is as unrepentant of 
of crimes as anybody has ever been that's far. Yeah, absolutely. I remember I stole some eye drops from the Walgreens market down the street from my high school. The one day I was cutting class, I cut class one time, and I still remember the Walgreens. I remember the face of the person that was there when I stole the fucking eye drops. I put them in my eye, and they felt bad because I stole them. You know, I've done like, like a couple like things a little worse than that, but like not much, right? And I that shit sticks with me. Varg killed a guy, and he's just like, well, this is really can't interrupt my recording of my album, so we'll get to that. So I don't North- have a life to live, so if you could uh, please, please let, let me let me go, please. <laughs> I would like to recommend that you please let me go. So think uh, about yes, Norway. I did it. Yes. <laughs> The thing about Norway is this. Norway, 21 years is the maximum sentence for which you can be convicted for basically any crime. You cannot legally serve more than 21 years in prison in Norway for fucking first-degree murder, 21 years max, right? And there are arguments for and against that, and I I don't know. I can kind of see, like, so Norway, they take this very hard-line stance about prisons being as much about rehabilitation as they are about punishment and that's great. But we'll come to see that, like, at no point during his tenure in prison did Varg ever, like, signify that he was anything but, like, a risk for recidivism. So he's in prison. And yeah, Norwegian... like the, the one saving grace is that recidivism drops with age. And so you just hope when he's so old. Right. It's like, hopefully his testosterone is low enough that he wow. just fantasizes Even about if he it, but never does sentence. it again. He went in when he was, like, 23, so, like, he's going to get out and be 44 and, like, just yeah. still be a youngish dude. So he goes in, and if you look up Norwegian prisons online, they just look like American college dorms. Like, the dorm that I lived in freshman year of college at a state school in Massachusetts looks a lot like Varg's cell. Like, it's not that bad. He had internet access once that was a thing. He was able to keep recording music. He put out three Burzum albums in, like, the first couple years he was in prison. Um, he got married while he was in there. He had kids. Like, he he was doing shit. He was writing. Um, he gave a lot of interviews. He was allowed to give interviews. So there's this famous book, Lords of Chaos, which you guys should definitely check out. That's where a lot of the info that I'm using just from my like overview came from today. That was a book. It's since been turned into a feature film uh, with one of the Culkins. Um, yeah, and then one there's of the, the lesser uh, Culkins. One of the, one of the yeah, Culkins. one of the sub Culkins. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's also a great documentary. I haven't watched the movie. I haven't read the book. There's a great documentary called Until the Light Takes Us, yeah. which is about the whole scene. I yeah. recommend that. And it focuses on 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 varg but also focuses on fenris from dark throne fenris who we talked was like the anti-varg yeah he's like like super super nice like like just like very outgoing like a sweet guy low-key he's just like smoking cigarettes. i I remember that movie is that fenris is just like smoking cigarettes like walking through the rainy streets talking about how sweet like records are and like how much he just wants to buy records and yeah, like, he's cool. And then Varg is like all this doing phrenology. It's all these like <laughs> prison interviews with Varg, and that's where you get the famous. And you can find a lot of this stuff on YouTube. Um, Varg gives the the famous interview where he talks about like the type of relationship he had with Euronymous, and he's like, Euronymous was the type of guy who disagreed with everything you said just for the sake of argument. So he would say, "Do you like your cornflakes <laughs> crispy?" Or do you like them soggy? And I would say to him, 
I think they're best when they're crispy. And he would say, no, 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 you really got to let the milk sink in. They're really good when they're soggy. And, like, that's, <laughs> I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to risk, like, playing the clip here. But that, I nailed it. Like, I fucking nailed it, just so you know. Um, Evan knows. That's why he chuckled. So, watch the, read that book, watch that movie. Um, while he's in prison, he founds the Norwegian Heathen Front, which is, like, just, if you look up the Norwegian Heathen Front, their flag, it's this rune, the Tivas rune. But it's just straight up a Nazi flag. Like I mean, it's... yeah, yeah. Usually when you have an organization that has the term front in it, yeah, there's going to be some Nazi shit. Yeah, Stormfront. Yeah. I don't fucking know another one. But yeah, so the Norwegian pagans, uh, Norwegian heathen front, he writes this 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 manifesto called Vargsmål, which means Varg's speech. And it's just like his like response to, it's a, it's a, it's a bad Mein Kampf. Now, I say that fully understanding that Mein Kampf is in and of itself a bad Mein Kampf. So this, on, a bat, on a bell curve. Right. This is like this is like the shittier, worse Mein Kampf written by like a dumber, more emotionally unstable Hitler. And again, Hitler was dumb and emotionally unstable. And Varg is just like a worse, dumber, hey man, shittier history, guy. History happens twice. Hey, brother. First as tragedy, <laughs> then as farce. Oh, man. Um... So, yeah, so we get into the fun stuff. So he writes this book. It goes out. Uh, it's like his defense against the media's demonizing of him. So it's 1997, right? He's been in prison for a few years. He gets he got convicted in 94. He's writing music. He's starting a neo-Nazi group. In 97, a small group of neo-Nazis are arrested in, I think it's Hemnes, Norway. Um, and they'd been planning, according to them, to break Varg out of jail. They had a bunch of guns. And they were going to go on a rampage attacking left-wing Norwegian politicians. Uh, so Varg claims he has no idea about this. But the fun part is that one of them was one of his friends in prison. Like, this is known. They knew each other. He gets out. And he immediately goes to Varg's mother, who gives the guy 100,000 kronor, which are, like, the, the currency in Norway. And she admits to this to the police when they question her. She says, yeah, I gave him the money. I didn't know he was a Nazi. <laughs> like he was so, only friends with my son so here's the thing <laughs> a nazi so that happens she's never tried all the charges against these nazis are dropped right whatever so in 2003 this has been a few more years varg gets transferred he was in a, a maximum security facility in uh, trondheim um and again maximum security in norway is like pretty sweet digs like it's like as nice as my room like here in now where i live at 30 and he gets transferred to this minimum security where they get like day passes they can like leave prison so he transfers there in august he gets approved for his first day pass or whatever in october like within under a month he they're just like yeah you can go like come back you can go and so he immediately like leaves he runs to a cabin that's stocked with guns he takes a gun so obviously someone's helping him on the outside he knows exactly where to go he goes to this cabin gets a gun hijacks a car from a family of three um the police catch up to him like a day later. They find he's got guns, knives, a bunch of ammo. He's got a gas mask. He's got a portable GPS, a laptop, a compass, a cell phone, a bunch of camo clothing. And he's just like, oh, I was coming back. No, I was going to come back. These are just a little These are just my hiking equipment. These are trinkets. These are simple trinkets. <laughs> Yeah. These? Minor... I don't know. Oh, about these, these curiosities? Oh. <laughs> what? These, these are simply knickknacks and curios, which I have collected from various travels around town just today. 
Um, so it's like pretty clear that he's got outside help. Um, and again, they find a letter to his mom where he like told his mom he was going to break out of jail. And she's just like, but I didn't know that he was going to break out of jail. So like one of the undercurrents of this is that like Varg's mom is like, he's <laughs> messed up and at least stupid. Um, well, so is he. <laughs> so they move him, they move him back to Tron time, back to maximum security. Cause they're like, well, experiment failed. He literally tried to escape from prison. From like cool, chilled out like yeah. college dorm prison yeah. that you can like go and leave and like go to the store and take a walk. So these by multiple yourself. <laughs> well exactly like, they're like you want to go like, out and like honestly that sounds pretty fucking cool. Get laid and see a movie like it's like honestly yeah. like barely worse than quarantine. Like yeah. we're basically living like a slightly less restrictive version of that right now. But yeah, and then instead of you know going to work. Uh, when you're stuck in your little apartment, you can just make music and shit. There you go. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, he's recording albums, writing books. He's he's coming up with ideas for his future role-playing game, My Farag or whatever. Um, in 2009, despite the multiple plans and escape attempts, he gets paroled. He serves 15 of his 21 years, and they're just like, yeah, man, you're honestly, dude, like good job like you're good to go and he gets out and um he complains to this day that that they tried to change this law that like made his eligibility for parole like last you know a couple extra years or something um which i guess was screwy and there was some like legal precedent for his like lawyer to jump on that at the time which was sort of news in norway but um at the end of the day the dirt the dude's an admitted murderer and he's serves 15 years and multiple escape attempts and He's photographed this whole time, like, wearing SS belt buckles and, like, shaves his head and is, like, walking around goose-stepping like a Nazi. And the prison facility people are just like, all right, man, yeah, like, you've done you've done great, like, A-plus for well, sure. We're, you... we're sick of listening to him, yeah. so. You want to get out? Guys Where do I sign? Like... <laughs> yeah, like, if I fucking listen to this guy yeah, talk this... about skull shapes one more time. He's working on his... 10th album and uh we gotta get them out of here so and they all suck They're, and we have to hear record them it's pretty bad um so he gets released um and i just have like a couple like little tidbits so he's in prison recording music he he ends so this i thought this was funny so he gets arrested he gets thrown in jail he records two more burzum albums and then he's like i'm 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 ending burzum there'll be no more burzum um they're both like ambient electronic albums and then, like, a couple years later in 2000, he comes back. And he's like, I'm going to be Burzum again. And he does, like, a couple more Burzum albums. And then he's like, I'm not I'm not doing any more Burzum. And then in 2010, he comes back and he does a few more Burzum albums. And these are back to black metal. And he now is like, well, but they were anti-black metal. But they're, like, they're black metal. He puts out a couple more albums. And then he's like, I'm going to retire Burzum. There's going to be no more Burzum. He does that in 2018. No more Burzum. And then in 2019, he records another Burzum album. <laughs> and then he's like, this year, last year in 2020, he's like, yeah, no more Burzum. So <laughs> he's got this real love affair with like the retiring, coming he's out of retirement. playing coy with his... Yeah, he's like, there's going to be no more Burzum. And everyone's like, yeah. cool. Like, that's good. <laughs> and, then he, and then he comes back and he's like, but guess what? I've actually secretly, I've got more Burzum. And then everyone's like, oh, like, okay. And, like, those really? couple crusty kids in the message board on Encyclopedia Metallum are stoked. Yeah. And no one else cares, you know? Like, yeah. I think we all knew people that were into yep. that stuff. And it's one of the reasons for me that, like, the metal scene, 
I was never fully gung ho for it because there is an element of even like here, you know, there's an element of kids that are angry and I can sympathize with that, but they're, they channel that anger towards like the wrong stuff. They end up getting a little too Varg Vikernessy and they, yeah. you know, there's, there's a legitimate case for there being a, a, a racism and a, a white supremacy problem in the metal scene. And it's, it's really upsetting because a lot of that music rocks. Speaking of which, I would like to read a few more uh, Varg tweets sure. uh, about race science. Um, uh, here's one with just a bunch of pictures of like Vikings, and it says, Why are Native Europeans fair-skinned, fair-haired, and fair-eyed? Because the dark forests of ancient Europe is our natural habitat. Uh, that's his phrasing. That's not my phrasing. We are adapted <laughs> to a low-light environment. Fair skin and hair for, quote, sunshine vitamin production. Fair eyes for better night vision. Hashtag perfect for Europe. Then he replies to himself, if you're European with brown eyes and uh, brown hair and eyes, you are probably, and in most cases, overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly European and have only very little non-European admixture. You are still a native European. Another one. Fair eyes, parentheses, i.e. blue or gray, are more light sensitive than dark, parentheses, brown eyes. But this also means fair eyes give you better low light visibility. Good for dark forest and, of course, the night. Green eyes are a mix between native European fair eyes and non-European dark eyes. He, he provides no sources for any of this. Note that those with green eyes tend to be overwhelmingly European anyhow. They probably have very little non-European admixture of Persians. Uh, uh, green eyes are pretty common in the Middle East. Sure. Um, and then he has another one. This is my favorite. Fair hair lets through more sunlight to the skull. <laughs> and when native Europeans are adults, it tends to be a bit darker because less vitamin D is needed. And because dark blonde is the best camouflage in the forest. We are adapted to life as hunter gatherers for 500,000 plus years. <laughs> <laughs> so that, I mean, so the funny thing about that, so he's, that ties into uh, something I was going to say. Like, to go through the skull. You know? Yeah. Well, it heats up your head. It's like those no. people that, you know what, I would love to find out if Varg is into uh, asshole sunning. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where people yeah, lie oh on their God. backs yes, and expose their naked booty hole to the sun. I was, okay. uh, yeah, I just I just think that that would be great. Um, but so he's actually written a bunch of books on, like, Germanic mythology and social practices. The thing about it is, like, they're all critically lambasted because he, like, very clearly just deviates from any understanding of, like, accepted academic theory. It's just the books, he, he wishes were true. Yeah, exactly. It's just things that he thinks up. He loves writing, like, whole books of, like, his hopes and dreams and what he wishes being Norwegian meant. When in yeah. reality, it's, like, not... It, what does it mean? I don't know. Like, you pick. And so he he he's written all these books, and he's got all these, like, wild ideas about, like, the genetic reasons for certain things. But he just thinks this stuff up. And then just is like, here we go. This is true. I believe this wholeheartedly. Um, and you know, it, it, part of the reason that I wanted to do this particular episode is cause I've been thinking about Varg a lot because he's like sort of relevant again in a way. Like he's very like, he's anti-vax. He, he doesn't really, he, so he doesn't do drugs. He, he doesn't drink and he's never done drugs. He's like a total teetotaler. Um, doesn't like to take pharmaceuticals. So you can't even blame all this on him just being like a drugged out rock and roll guy. Like he, he's yeah, no. sober as a judge. And he, he's like, uh, if you've ever watched the, the TV show Oz, he's like, um, uh, 
what's that actor's name? J.K. Simmons. He's like his character who's just like a teetotaling Nazi freak. Yeah, I've never seen it, but <laughs> yeah. um, big J.K. fan. You know, I saw that yeah. drum drum movie. Yeah. I actually had a breakup the night that I saw that drum movie. And we nice. went to the store and bought Space Jam on DVD. And, uh, yeah, great movie. Like a weird mix because that drum movie was good, too. I've never seen it. Dude, it Whiplash, was good. right? Whiplash, yeah, and yeah. it was it was it was kind of brutal. It was like pretty messed up. But um, they talk a lot about, oh, gosh, what was that guy's name? Like classic jazz drummer, and I feel like I should know this. Buddy Rich. Buddy Rich, yeah. The whole movie is about you know Whiplash, like the classic yeah. Buddy Rich solo in Whiplash. Yeah. And the drum teacher's like, Buddy Rich sucks. Everybody's like, you can't play like Buddy Rich. He was a druggy loser. But then like the whole time they keep showing you these like awesome Buddy Rich solos, and you're just like, yeah, you might have been a loser, but the dude was like really good at drums yeah and it's just everybody like drums aren't a real job and then at the end he's like drums are a real job but it's also like way more emotionally intense than that wait uh, uh i got another good tweet uh this is january 8th again just for how much he thinks still about this murder funny how so many seem to think that killing a guy who plans to torture you to death whilst filming it is completely unacceptable this is his phrasing right here. But at the same they time think murdering tens of thousands of innocent women and children from bombers is perfectly okay. Reality check, maybe? And then he posts a picture of a Euronymous wearing, like, a, a bullet belt and a, like, crop top mayhem shirt. And then he responds, time they, sorry. I felt like throwing up because of the belly picture, and it messed up my writing. So he still just has, like, these pictures of... Euronymous, and he's just, like, shitting on him publicly. Yeah. I like, saw this picture of Euronymous, and it made me sick, and I killed this guy, and he, like, it's his fault. It's all his fault. Yeah. Um, dude, so, did you know that Varg, like, a few years ago, I think it's like, 2018, he and his wife put out a movie? <laughs> Oh, he's also got some stump takes, dude. Hell yeah. He hates dude, Trump, it looks like. There's this, there's this movie. Yeah, oh yeah, he hates Donald Trump, because he's not legit. Yeah. The thing and about Varg is he's like... As he says, again, this is his phrase, he also thinks that Trump is a Zionist. Um, <laughs> Israel-loving moron of proportions. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, Varg put out a movie with his wife a couple years ago about um, Neanderthal bear worship. Um, and it's called Four Bears. F-O-R-E, then another capital B-E-A-R-S. It's like a pun on four bearers and four yep. bears. <laughs> And yeah. it's, like, a movie about just, like, Neanderthals worshipping bears. And he put out a song called Four Bears. And it's on iTunes. Um, yeah. And you shouldn't spend money to listen to it because you shouldn't give this guy a cent. No. But, absolutely um, not. All of this, you should absolutely, after you listen to this podcast, the 15 of you that listen, you should go and listen to Burzum. And you should watch Until the Light Takes Us. This guy is bananas, and, and, and this. You should, and you should look at his Twitter feed. I feel, and you should look at his Twitter feed. Don't like it follow like, him. Don't give him any any retweets or anything. But you should you should observe from afar because yeah, like I'm following him, you know, for this and otherwise just you know, I don't know why. And like, well, because we, like obviously we agree with him and like everything yeah. he says, and he, but he's like, like our dude, idol. But I'm looking at like now I'm like shit. I might have to unfollow him just so I don't get this like algorithm. It says under you might like is Stone Toss Comics. It's like, no. I don't know what no. that is. What's Stone Toss Comics? It's a Nazi comic strip. Oh, I wouldn't know. I'm yeah. not familiar. Shit. Dude, well, yeah. You've definitely seen it. You've definitely said the artwork is, like, very famous. Got it. Okay. Yeah, it's you like, maybe... very goofy looking, and uh, I don't know, but... I'm maybe we like, should Ooh. do something on, like, that, like, the underground 
comic. Anyway, yeah. um, lots of Holocaust denial <laughs> comics. If you if you want to see Varg now, so Varg has actually been removed from YouTube um, multiple times. So Varg doesn't have an, a, an official presence on YouTube, but you can still see videos of him um, doing like fake karate. Like outside in like like cargo pants, um, his fucking back from always sunny. Yeah, yeah, and he he's he's just doing like moves that like I don't know karate, but I feel confident that it's not real, just based on kind of you can sort of tell like you're watching him and you're just like that's what you think karate is supposed to look like. You know how I know? Because like if I was gonna fake karate, that's what I would do. Yeah, it's like moves like that. Um, a couple years ago, in 2013, so not like a couple years ago, a few years ago, almost 10 years ago, he and his wife, who's French, um, got arrested in France because uh, she bought a bunch of guns, and that you know lit up some red flags. Um, and so they accused them of planning a terrorist attack, but they couldn't prove it because his wife had like a permit for the guns. So the cops like vindictively. <laughs> charged him for inciting hatred against Jews and Muslims, which in France is a federal crime. Uh, and on he his... also does definitely do that. Well, it. he does do that. And so they, yeah. they they were like, well, we're charging you for something. So they charged him for that, and he got, like, six months of probation and had to pay, like, 8,000 euros, which I can't imagine that's not half of his net worth. Like, there's no way. There is no way Varg Vickerness has more money than you and me. No. There's no way. And, like, for the listener, no. just so we're perfectly clear, that's not a lot of fucking money. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Evan we're not and I, rich men. we're not rich men. Yeah. Um, we're getting pretty close here. Uh, I yeah, just yeah, wanted to get a couple little points long. in and then, and then anything you want to add, but, um, so he, he officially now he's distanced himself. He doesn't claim to be a Nazi. Right. But like I said earlier, like he just goes out and says just Nazi stuff. So he, I mean, he is a Nazi, but he likes to call it odalism. Um, so he's all about the reason I say this, right, is because some of his stuff on surface level, if you don't know who we're talking about, and I think this sort of extends to a lot of these QAnon people, um, a lot of these current conspiracy theorists, if you just saw their videos out of the blue and didn't have the context clues to look a little deeper, you might think that these are just like interesting, like survivalist people, people who are interested in um, protecting themselves and, and like a primitive lifestyle. And some of that stuff might seem kind of appealing from an academic standpoint or maybe an idealistic standpoint, right? Like Varg looks like he does some cool outdoorsy stuff. Like he's really into nature. He's really into spiritualism. And he'll talk about some of this stuff. The easy thing with him is that he can't usually make it more than 100 words without mentioning like the Jews or something. But a lot of these guys aren't so on the nose with this stuff. And you have to be really aware as you're you're trekking around on the internet that a lot of these right-wing guys, it's they've had a lot of practice obfuscating what they're talking about. And some of this stuff might even seem interesting to you. I mean, it is interesting, right? But you got to just be careful not to like get sucked into their, their nonsense. So he talks about odalism and like traditional values and European pride and all these things. But these are just dog whistles for really, he's just prepping himself so that he can fight in a race war when his beloved white folk will come out on top. And it's just frustrating and upsetting. And he's just a piece of dog shit. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's all the notes I've got. Like I said, I mean, even that, we could probably do like a 10-episode arc on the black metal scene, and we could have done such a deep dive, but it's a yeah, fascinating Yeah, honestly, story. yeah, I could keep going. You know, I've unfortunately been sort of drinking seltzer at a very, fairly rapid pace yeah. <laughs> since my uh, my my uh, DSA meeting before this, too. So. <laughs> what are you drinking? I'm drinking Waterloo Grape. Oh, I got a little... Polar strawberry lemonade action. Oh, nice. 
Yeah, I've been slugging these boys down all night. I occasionally I'll, I'll buy the Waterloo grape, and I'm a big fan. I of love Waterloo. it, man. So no, good. so here's the thing: I don't love it. I don't like it at all. But I don't buy it until I forget that. And it tastes just like great children's Tylenol or like weird children's cough syrup. Love Tylenol, dude. Chug that shit. I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's a lot of people that legitimately do really love like those fruity medicines. Yes. Say, like it doesn't really taste like medicine to me, but well, that's the I point. Know, like it's it, so yeah. kids will take it. No, no, not the medicine. The, the, the <laughs> oh, no, the well, this this does like taste like medicine. Me. This tastes a hundred percent like. Medicine. I, I don't think so. I love it. No, it's. I, I love that fake grape flavor. It's like I, I love the fake banana flavor. I mean, too. it's seltzer, right? There's no sweetener to it, so like I'll no. still drink it. That's the good thing. If I don't like a seltzer flavor, like it's just bubbly water, like with essential oils. I'll I'll drink the whole case of it, but yeah, no, it's not that good. You know, what's really good that I had right before this. I had a strawberry. Dude, for lunch. Wegman's ginger. Oh. Oh. No, it's I'm so not a ginger good. Guy. This ginger, ginger is guy. great. This tastes like ginger ale. And Wegman's. Yeah, I'm not a big ginger ale guy. Oh. Yeah, well, that's disappointing. I did have a Waterloo uh, strawberry for lunch. Oh, good. And good, those good. are. I eat man. Waterloo strawberry is a top five flavor for me. Evan it's and I really thing. like seltzer. You're going to find I... that this will be a topic of conversation. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta, I, I gotta try the new Waterloo pineapple, man. Me too. I'm excited. Yeah. Damn, All right. Man. Well, I, I think, uh, I think we've gone long enough. Yeah. There's just a couple things uh, that I want to add. Um, as always, you can now, and this is new, and we're very excited about this. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify. Uh, we'll be on most other major podcast apps by the time this airs. Um, yeah. And uh, please, if you do download us, please rate review subscribe to the podcast if you rate us and review us on apple that really helps with the algorithm it'll yeah. help us uh it'll be easier to find um you know get out to more people so uh if you do download it and listen to it please please do that we'd really appreciate it yeah absolutely um and with that being said i mean we're 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 just figuring this whole thing out we're having a blast making the podcast we're going to try to keep it a regular thing um, you can find using us on, the mute button more when we're not talking. Using the mute button more when we're not talking, which is probably what I should have done. Looks like you've been using it. I haven't been using it. You haven't? No. Oh, it sounds like you were. Well, I think we're both fidgeting less, regardless. So. Yeah, I barely moved. My butt is yeah. so sore right now, dude. Yeah, so, I mean, too. I, <laughs> I have been leaving the exact same way on the exact same leg oh, this my entire goodness. time. Um, okay, Wait, so. so yeah. <laughs> no, really, really quick. Um, okay. Remember to find us on Twitter and on Facebook at Left on Red Pod. Uh, that's the name of the podcast ad pod. Um, please feel free to drop in our mentions with ideas, with suggestions. Um, right now, we're honestly, we're figuring out the best way. I'm trying to figure out the best way to upload our sources and stuff. Like if we ever want to make our notes public, um, we'd love to do that. I just don't even yeah, honestly know. Also, yeah, you can also follow us individually on Twitter. I'm at Poor Fidalgo. That's P-O-O-R-F-I-D-A-L-G-O. He's Gluten Young. That's G-L-U-T-E-N underscore Y-U-N-G. Yeah, so. um, you can do that too if you want, but really you should just... Don't use that as much. I use it more. I don't really have any Yeah, followers. I don't really give so. a shit. But you should follow our official Twitter, um, and we yep. plan on being on there. And um, to leave the, the night off um, with our new slogan that we haven't talked about yet, but that I've decided, and it's unilateral, uh, okay. History Rocks. Because we did yeah. a, a rock and roll show today. You like that? Oh, yeah, dude, that's good. Fuck yeah, yeah, dude. All History, right. it rocked. History rocked, dude. We really should. We should do a <laughs> a different slogan at the end of every show. And as always, okay. <laughs> history. Yeah. 
<laughs> Until next sucks time. today's butt. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, cool. Well, thank you guys for listening. Um, we hope you like the show. And uh, history Peace. rocks. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> <laughs>